world of the circle of film podcast today i will be going over fantastic beasts and where to find them i watched it i guess it's it's two nights ago now and my mind has kind of shifted back and forth on most of the things that i watched and saw in the movie and as well as a lot of my feelings on those particular aspects of it. But at the end of the day, and what I want to preface everything to follow with, I like the movie, and I had a good time watching it. Now, that being said, a little bit of background for my particular experience with Harry Potter. I grew up reading the books. I love the books. I think when I started reading them, Goblet of Fire was just about to come out. So uh, when was that? Like late, like 97, 98 maybe? And then Order of the Phoenix came out right around the same time as the first movie and I I was just hooked I was so completely enraptured in this world I felt an immense kinship with Harry Potter I felt incredibly drawn into it it was just magical and inspiring and gorgeous to imagine and then ultimately to see realized on the screen You know, I think all eight Harry Potter movies are good. Um, Definitely some varying degrees there, but I I like all of them. And, you know, I've taken the time many... uh, On more than one occasion, I I think three times I've sat down and in the span of an entire day watched all eight movies, back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And seeing Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and uh, Rupert Grint grow into these roles and into these characters and the worlds around them shifting and darkening and maturing is uh, fantastic. It's inspiring. It truly is. It's you know, all the characters in the movies and books are so fascinating and interesting from Hagrid to McGonagall to Dumbledore to Voldemort to Wormtail to Lupin to Sirius to every single Weasley to, you know, even even characters that are pretty small like Crumb and Cho and Parvati and... You know, you can just go on and on and on about them. And that is the brilliance of it. That's the beauty of this story and of this world. 
And so when Deathly Hallows Part 2 came out, you know, everyone saw it as the end of this era that started in, what, 2001? And 10 years later culminated in, you know, this huge film that tied everything up and gave us the closure that we so desperately wanted. And while I am definitely not as high on Deathly Hallows Part 2 as many, as as apparently most more people are, uh, you know, I still like it and I think it's a fitting ending in most ways. Then when Fantastic Beasts was announced, it was met with this kind of excited trepidation because they're based, you know, and especially once we realized there were going to be five movies that they were going to turn this into a quintology because these movies are based on a character that is mentioned in passing in the original books. And I'm not even sure he's that Newt is mentioned in the movies ever. He might be once, but, you know, he's mentioned in passing in the books. And so that's a huge gamble to put the entirety of this franchise onto the backs of a character that we won't, we don't really know. And I don't think anyone is really clamoring to learn about him per se. You know, I've read a lot of comments online about how there are a vast number of different aspects to the Harry Potter world that would have been much better served being turned into movies. You know, I've heard people talk about just Dumbledore and Grindelwald in their heyday, supposedly, or the founding of Hogwarts, or uh, I'm trying to think some other ones. I don't know. Those those are the two that like stuck out to me. Like, oh, those would be so fantastic. I would love to see those. <clears throat> but this is what we have, and so this is what we've got to recognize and and come to terms with. So the good thing is that when you do this with a franchise, so when the prequel trilogy for Star Wars came out, when Peter Jackson went back to make the Hobbit movies after the Lord of the Rings, the biggest the the baseline for these additional films is that since it's taking place in the same world, you expand upon it, you show it from a different perspective, and you give it a new um, angle, atmosphere, something. You, you have to touch on, if you're going to touch on the same place, you have to add more to it. You just, you don't have to build upon what you already have necessarily, you know, particularly because in all of these instances, the subsequent films take place prior to what we already are familiar with. So, you know, they can't rest their laurels on Harry Potter in these movies. You know, just like the Hobbit movies couldn't rest their laurels on Frodo, just like the prequel trilogy can't really rest their laurels on Luke. So, you 
you have to find some other way to draw in a, the average moviegoer and then as well as the fanatical Harry Potter fan. And it's not an easy task to do. You know, the prequels failed, the Hobbit trilogy failed, and, you know, whether or not this succeeds, we'll have to wait and see. But what does need to be said is, so comparing this to the Harry Potter films, all of the Harry Potter films follow this epic story of, of a, essentially the story is about a Dark Lord trying to return to power, being thwarted by this kid he tried to kill many years ago and failed to, ultimately returning to his corporeal self, showing down with Harry, and being disposed of. And the backdrop to this, and this, the eyes through which the story are told, are Harry's eyes as he learns to become a wizard, as he learns about this world, as he becomes immersed in it the same way that we are, as he's filled with the joy and exuberance that comes along with discovering magic. Like, it's magic. Everything is magic. Which is just fascinating. And it's all really well done in that sense. And so... The necessity for Fantastic Beasts is that it creates just as an epic, just an epic, the, <laughs> just as epic a tale as Harry Potter did, but it has to do it differently while remaining true to the core things that make the wizarding world so interesting. And I think for the most part, it succeeds in this so far. And I mean that in such a way as it takes place 70 years prior to the Harry Potter series. And I think that that's recognizable outside of the fact that just the people look different, that the clothing is different, that the what the muggles and nomad or nomads use in their everyday life is definitely brought back to the 20s. But even the things that the wizarding community uses feel dated. You know, after having spent so many years and so many hours in Harry's world, to be back in Newt's world, it, it all feels very... <clears throat> it, it does feel kind of like antique-ish. And... That's a good thing, you know? You want it to seem like there needs to be some sort of disparity between the magical objects, if not the spells, that they used 70 years before Harry Potter to what they do 70 years later. And this isn't really touched upon too greatly, but I like that, you know, on particularly on, like, Newt's briefcase, he has, like, a trigger that he flicks to make it muggle-proof. And, like, that's interesting, and that's cool, but I feel like in the 90s, that would be completely superfluous. There would either be an enchantment that acted upon it naturally, 
or he would, you know, would, would be able to, I don't know, cast the spell surreptitiously. Like he would have done it in preparation for getting off the boat, you know? Whereas in here, he doesn't have to because he has the little trigger to flick. So the backdrop for the presumed quintology of films for Fantastic Beast is that Newt, his desire is to educate and illuminate the world, presumably just the wizarding world, uh, on the creatures that he collects and preserves and studies and forms bonds and friendships with. And that's that's definitely a, a very heartwarming and and and, and and you know compelling endeavor but the movie doesn't really follow that line the movie veers us off into a different plot that it wants to use for the overarching tale which is fine but now the movie is competing with itself and losing on both ends because the only reason that Newt's really involved at all is, you know, he comes to New York City and it gets like a throwaway line why he's really there because he's ultimately trying to get to Arizona to release this giant bird creature that, like, controls the weather and foresees things like that. And he's stopped in New York City because there's some creature on the loose doing a lot of bad things. And one of... And a wizard happens to see him with a strange creature on the loose. And, you know, there's there's definitely some suspicion. And I think it's not unfounded. But I don't think that that small amount of information really ties into the greater story and even when it ultimately does in like the final act it's so tangential uh, which is very frustrating but the wonderment is still there you still have you know it's like when harry walks into the weasley's house in chamber of secrets and sees all the like self-washing pans and you know, the, the strange apparatus, apparati that are just littered throughout the house and doing things on their own that he, and he's just like mouth agape in wonder. And you, you know, you, we have Dan Fogler in this movie to provide us with that lens. And he's definitely capable in that sense. But there's definitely a sense there's definitely like this feeling that we're missing something because I think he takes to the magical side of things too easily. Like he accepts that it's real and he, you know, he has a great line in the movie. I think it's in the trailer. I wouldn't know, but he says something along the lines of, I know I'm not dreaming because I couldn't have imagined anything quite like this. And that's, I, I, I wish that 
him going down into the suitcase had happened sooner. Like, I wish it had happened before they met, um, any of the other, anybody, any of the other wizards in the, in the movie. Um, you know, uh, shoot, uh, Tina or Tina's sister, whose name escapes me currently, but like, I want him to like completely be gobsmacked by the extent of impossibilities that he's confronted with. You know, because you've got Harry, who's definitely familiar with magic when he finally sees the Weasley's house, but not in the conventional, everyday sense that he does get to see it in. And I think that to kind of play against that, you want to, you know, because like, basically, Harry's kind of like wading through the shallows into the deep end. I think it would have been more interesting to just throw Dan Fogler into the deep end of the pool, like, from the beginning. But he's ultimately, and like, his, he's such, he does such a good job at being this surrogate for the audience, and ultimately, it's just not enough. He's just not written well enough, and so often he's unable to, he do, like, they don't give him any lines because, uh, What's her name? Tina's sister. I I have to look it up. Hold on a second. Or I'll just keep fumbling around it. Um, uh, Alison Sudol, who plays Queenie. Queenie, that's her name. Because Queenie can read minds. So anything that he would have said, she just reacts to as if he'd already said it and that kind of diminishes his relevance and importance in the movie and somehow they manufacture romantic feelings through that I maybe I would have bought it like a movie or two from now but not this soon unfortunately like that's kind of rushed So, hmm, I I think that, I think it's hard to talk about this movie without kind of looking at it in the prospect of it being the first in a series of five, because it is interesting. All these creatures are so unique, you know, most of them you had never even heard of in the original tri- series, in the original books and you know you've got to wonder why they exist in the first place what their benefit is and I think that's interesting and that's an interesting idea to approach because that's kind of what Newt's trying to figure out he's trying to find applications and uses for all these thing creatures that people just want to get rid of or ignore or kill in some cases and that's such, I think that's a really compelling story 
But that's not the story we're getting, and I don't think that's going to be the story we're getting based on this movie. Because the story that we are getting is we're in America now, which is very different from Hogwarts and London, which is a good thing on this, uh, initially, but it kind of ends up becoming more of a, you know, it's, it's a magic versus no magic conflict that's so infinitely difficult to reconcile because they can just obliviate every nomad that sees them and you never really get any meaningful and lasting experience between the wizarding side of things and the muggle side of things and like that's what you want you know you want you know as as poorly utilized as John Voight John Voight and his characters are or and his like family are or um, definitely like Samantha Morton and the second Salemers they don't ever get the resonance to respond really to the wizarding world like they need to have the opportunity to re react to it and you can't have that when minutes after they see something magical, their memory's wiped. Now, perhaps they intend to, I don't know, re resuscitate their memories in some fashion going forward. Or, you know, I don't think that, I don't see how that happens. You know, we've got a lot of experience with Obliviate from Gilderoy Lockhart in Chamber of Secrets, but and I mean definitely not on the scale of the, the like an entire city, which is ultimately what happens in this movie. And I think that the problem is like the story just keeps writing itself, like it keeps writing itself in such a good direction, and then veering out of veering back onto like a safe road every time it has a chance to like take an exit which is just so endlessly frustrating so i so then based on like the ending of this movie so i don't know so spoilers so heavy so i've been i think i've been able to like kind of avoid spoilers up to this point for the most part heavy spoilers to follow heavy spoilers stop listening if you don't want to know about the ending and the reveal and things okay all right last chance here we go here we go so the grindelwald reveal that colin farrell is actually johnny depp as grindelwald D tentatively i'm going to say i like this because a couple of things one obviously grindelwald can't walk around as himself now obviously that doesn't necessarily mean that grindelwald has to be johnny depp it could have been reversed they could have had johnny depp for one movie who turns into colin farrell and i think i probably would have been fine with that but you know, a lot of people don't want think colin farrell was underutilized perhaps uh, i think that's definitely a valid argument and i think there's definitely a lot to it but 
somebody had to be, if, if they want to stick with this reveal, this character who's transformed himself into somebody else and is posing as a an American um, wizarding, I don't even know what like his title was, but he was basically like right-hand man to the president of the wizarding world in America, wizarding country of America. So you, you need to have some sort of transformation. And so at the final, and, and then the movie, it's revealed that he's actually Grindelwald. And if you're a diehard fan, I think it is very easy to pick up on this reveal much earlier. But it was, I and I going into the movie knew that Johnny Depp was in it. I didn't know in what capacity, but it when I when I realized that Colin Farrell was Grindelwald, I was like, oh, obviously they would know what he looked like, so he must look different than what he actually looks like. So I think so again, tentatively, I'm going to say I like that direction. I think there's a chance. I think it's a decent chance that Johnny Depp can do a good good work with as Grindelwald. I don't think we've seen nearly enough of him to presume him to kind of be a mockery of himself as he has been in Pirates, as he has been in Alice in Wonderland and Dark Shadows and other such films. He definitely brings a very a lot of menace to the role even in like the one or two lines that he's only only that he's spoken. What I don't know is how they're going to keep Newt as part of the story. I guess it's possible that they don't, but I, I think that's very highly unlikely. I th- and I'm also pretty sure Ready Main is like already tied to the entire franchise. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's scary because with the Harry Potter movies, we knew where the story was going, we knew what was coming next, and we could feel safe and comfortable in knowing that even if everything else fails, there's still a story to go off of that will hold our attentions, and we don't have that anymore. You know, this story isn't based on a book. Rowling wrote it from scratch, and there's no through line that we have like we can't look ahead and say oh well you know yeah newt's not really tied to the main story right now but in the next book you know he this 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 happens or you know who knows which characters will return for the next movie are we going to see tina again are we going to see queenie again will dan fogler will his memory come back because his memory got wiped you know, how many, you know, we saw all the creatures in this movie. We were introduced to pretty much all of their abilities. Like, what, is he going to discover a new one in the next movie? How, like, if he has to go back into a suitcase again, like, how many times can we go in there without there being new creatures to be amazed by? Because if there aren't any new ones, like, that's not going to cut it it's, I don't know, it's, it's very, it's very nerve-wracking, especially, you know, from me, I'm someone who loves these stories, loves these 
loved the movies, and I thought this one was good, and I enjoyed it, but there are so many question marks and so many doubting plagues inside of my mind as I think about it over and over and over again. Um, yeah, so the last thing I want to mention is the villain of this movie. So Grindelwald is the big bad, the overarching one, but the the villain in this movie is Ezra Miller. And they introduced the concept of uh, what did they call them? Uh, uh, it's like Oculus. It's a uh, shoot. Um, uh, what did it? Uh, Obscurus, obscurial, obscurus. There it is. Which is basically wizards that suppress their magic. It comes out as like this demonic force effectively i think that's interesting i wish we you know obviously it had no existence in the harry potter books and perhaps that you know maybe it's the case that by the end of these movies we will find out that you know if this is a recurring element that it no longer becomes a problem because Americans have changed their ways by the end of these books and it's no longer so there's no longer such a terrifying climate between wizards and no mages that you know you have like the obvious parallels to homosexual kids who end up killing themselves because they feel that they're just not supposed to be that way and that the world is going to hate them for it but i i hope that they continue down that storyline because we definitely don't have enough information right now and there seems to be a lot more to uncover and ezra miller does a good job in the role he doesn't get a lot of lines it's mostly just him brooding and looking upset and angry and constipated everywhere, which he does well. And I think it's good that they cast an actual actor, like someone that we can connect to in that role. Uh, but at the, by the other side, you know, like the red herring of his, of the girl being the one with the Obscurus was not very like it was very difficult to bite that line so i i hope they continue down that lot that path but they also have to find new beasts for newt to capture they have like he leaves new york city at the end of the first movie so does he go back there are we ever going to be in new york again how does Grindelwald tie into this? Is he like harboring vengeance for Newt? That that seems like such a thin plot line to me. Uh, and like all the cast except Newt is still in New York. Except Newt, yeah, is still in New York. What possible... Oh, I don't know, there's just so many questions. And I hope 
that Rowling can take this seriously, and it's not just about the money. I really need this to work on some level. You know, like, it doesn't have to be as great as the Harry Potter books. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. You know, no one deserves that amount of pressure on them. But she is a talented writer, and it would be a shame if, like, you know, like many other film people before her, she let, you know, the additional film, like the, every, like the tacked on part of her career ruin the incredibly established bulk of her work. You know, I'm thinking about like actors like De Niro and Pacino who have been in a lot of pretty awful movies lately. And like, as much as you don't want that to diminish their great work 30 years ago, it does. And that's really a shame. And so I really hope that Rowling has a plan, knows where she's going with this, because there are so many question marks and I don't see a lot of good avenues for the movies to go from here. So all that said, I did give Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them a 74. Uh, so it falls well outside of my top 20 for the year right now. And it only ranks higher than one of the Harry Potter movies, which is uh, Half-Blood Prince, which is my least favorite. Uh, Half-Blood Prince has a 71. And I think that it that movie particularly does an incredible disservice to Snape's action, like the... Snape's character from the book and I, I like it doesn't give him the heft that the book did and that was very devastating um, so yeah so 74 which is good very good but not great and definitely with a lot of room to improve and that's about where I put the first Hobbit movie too I think uh, maybe a little lower, um, but like those are the, the the idea of stretching the Hobbit into three movies was ridiculous, and maybe the idea of putting new, five, making five movies about Newt's commander is also ridiculous. So we'll just have to see. You know, I don't think I don't see them not making at least one more. But it might be the case that they have to cut it down to three or four movies if the desire and demand is not there. So whether or not that's whether or not that's a good thing will remain to be seen. But like I said, I like this movie. It does have that level of wonder. It presents a lot of interesting ideas that are never opened up <laughs> you know like so many different things about wizards in america as opposed to wizards in london are fascinating but we don't ever explore that really you know you get a couple of lines from tina about different laws and statutes over here but 
that's not really good enough. When you've got, you know, like the Sorcerer's Stone was not a ter like it was very expositional at times, but it definitely established this world, and that's what this movie needed to do. You know, you can only piggyback on Harry Potter so much considering that it takes place 70 years in the future. So, <clears throat> that's how I feel about this movie. It's very complicated, but I have hope for the future, even if that hope is not as high as I want it to be. Um, yeah. But just hearing that opening theme... Just ah, oh, when that started playing, I my heart skipped a beat. Ah, oh, it's so beautiful and so <clears throat> so nostalgic. It just it just gets me every time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, thanks for listening to today's episode on Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. You can see all my contact information in the show notes or at circleoffilm.com. You can contact me directly at circleoffilm at gmail.com and look forward to the next, next episode where I will have Fantastic Beasts and where to find them statistics because like the Harry Potter movies, there are a lot of names in this movie that will be shifting quite significantly. So that's it for today. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. Come on, baby, won't we paint the town? And all that jazz So long, farewell I'll be here saying adieu